somewhat live from the Emerald City. This is Life Spring number 186, Knowing God. Life Spring Media, bringing the message of hope, love, and good news since 2004. Thanks for your support. And now, on with the show. Emerald City. <laughs> oh, what is that? Well, welcome to Life Spring. I'm Steve Webb, and I'm your host. Welcome. What's Life Spring? Well, you know, Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Remember, it doesn't matter where you're at, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter your age, your sex, or your station in life. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Life Springs about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. What do you find here? Well, you'll find music, you'll find conversation, and you'll find reasons to believe. It's Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Yeah, I normally do a weekend music show, but it's, uh, well, I owe you this one. <laughs> you might say. Yeah, it's Saturday morning, 8.45. I've been up since about 6 o'clock. And in case you can't tell from the speed of my speech, I've got some caffeine coursing through my veins. I found a great, this great recipe for bacon. What you do is you take bacon and you grind up some coffee and you put this bacon on a rack. On a, uh, you, you take a cookie sheet and you put some uh, parchment paper on the cookie sheet. You take a flat rack and you put it on top of that. You put your bacon on top of that. And then you sprinkle it with the ground coffee. And then you take a, uh, a glaze that you've made with brown sugar and some freshly brewed coffee (laughs) and you paste on the bacon and you bake it at 375 for 15 minutes then you take it out you flip the bacon over and you put the rest of your glaze on there and you bake it for another 10 or 15 minutes whatever it takes to get the bacon crispy and then of course you serve it with your breakfast of whatever you want to have with of course some brewed coffee and uh, so I'm doing good Steve, why'd you get up so early on a Saturday morning? Well, because my youngest boy, Timothy, had an event at school that they're going to uh, South Orange County, and they had to get there early to get down there for this event. So nobody else in the house is awake. Leanne was up late last night. Stephen went to a show last night, so he got in really late, and I'm the only one up in the house, and I'm just having a good time. (laughs) And so that's what's going on. Hey, I'm very sorry for it taking so long to do a life spring. You know, uh, golly, life sometimes is just amazingly busy. Uh, but uh, so what, what are we going to cover today? I've got a great show today. We're going to talk a little bit more about what I've been up to. We're going to talk about knowing God. How well do you know him or you do, do, or do you know him at all? Uh, we're going to talk about some things in the news that I think every believer should care about, eh, because I certainly do. We're going to continue with the 10 guidelines from God. We're going to do number seven today. We're going to look at another list that has been attributed to Abe Lincoln, but it wasn't him. I'll tell you who it is, but it's called the 10 cannots. 
And then I'm going to share with you an email that just really made my week, perhaps my month. It was uh, one of the best emails I've ever gotten. Remember, you can get a hold of me at steve.life's... No, Uh I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. And the reason I'm going to do this is because somebody sent me an email earlier this week and it didn't get to me because they sent it to the wrong email address. And I said, well, what address did you send it to? They said, I sent it to steve at lifespringmedia.com. And I thought, yeah, man, you know, that's better than steve.lifespring at gmail.com. So I'll still get it at the Gmail address, but I'm going to start using this one more. Uh, Well, more. How about exclusively? Steve at lifespringmedia.com. So you can reach me there. The uh, toll-free comment line is 877-433-9091. I haven't gotten a comment at that number in a long time. So if you've never called that number, 877-433-9091, which is toll-free, doesn't cost you a thing. If, you, if you've never called that number, give me a call. Just say hi, just, uh, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Comments, uh, questions, criticisms. You know, uh, who is it? Uh, Sean Hannity has the hate Hannity line. People can call in and, and say just horrible things to him. Uh, you can use it for that if you want. Not hate Hannity, but I uh, hate Steve. <laughs> if anybody does, I suppose there's people out there that think I'm some sort of numbskull. Now, that reminds me this last week. There was a if you follow me on Twitter, you uh, you know about this. And by the way, Twitter, I'm uh, LifeSpring at Twitter. Follow me. Anyway, this earlier this week, somebody mentioned that GoDaddy is getting some real pushback from Christians that have used the GoDaddy service because of their Super Bowl ad. The article was in Wired Magazine, of course, the online edition. And uh, do they still do a print edition? I have no idea. The author of the uh, article wrote of the fact that, uh, you know, there are people that are believers that are no longer using GoDaddy because of what's going on with their Super Bowl ads. And, of course, I made a big announcement back in, I think it was February of 2007, that uh, I, I, GoDaddy used to be a sponsor on the show, and I kicked him off because of the, not just the Super Bowl ads. As a matter of fact, if it was only the Super Bowl ads, I might have let it slide. But um, uh, Bob Parsons, the uh, CEO of GoDaddy, has a, a, just a, a markedly uh, disrespectful attitude, shall we say, towards uh, this, the things of God and believers, and basically saying that Christians are a bunch of, uh, let's see, hypocrites, because they they complain about his, his ads, not just the ones on TV, but he has some uh, internet-only ads, and Christians have complained about it, and he says, yeah, but they know, they're a bunch of hypocrites, they complain, but they don't leave. They uh, still keep using the service. And so I said, oh, okay, we're going to take that kind of an attitude. Hasta la vista, baby. And I quit using GoDaddy, and I kicked them off as sponsors. That was way back in February of 2007. But anyway, somebody has, has written an article about that, not not about me, but about people this year moving away. And, and so I commented in the comments section, and I got into a, not a debate, maybe a debate, a conversation uh, in, in the comments section. And so there are some people that said some unkind things about uh, believers. And back to the hate uh, Steve thing, <laughs> I suppose maybe some of those people might want to call in. If if you want if you want to do that, that's fine. 877-433-9091. I'm a big boy. I can take it. But if you want to call and say, Steve, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, which I don't think that's probably as unlikely as the other side, <laughs> you're welcome to do that too. All right, so before we go any further, why don't we do just a little bit of business, okay? Number one, and this is not just business, this is uh, just a thanks to the LifeSpring allies, those of you that 
sponsor the show, that, that, that send monthly or intermittent gifts to the show. I really want to thank you for that. Without you, it really is not possible. Your gifts honestly do make a difference. Uh, we get uh, people that have made, you know, just $5 gifts and some that significantly more. But uh, whatever you give, know that I, I appreciate you and I thank you for that. If you want to know about how to do that, just go to support.lifespringmedia at gmail.com. But also, I couldn't do this without CovenantEyes.com. Those guys are just fantastic. They just renewed their commitment to uh, support the show, to sponsor the show. And so I want to thank them. Check those guys out at CovenantEyes.com. Use promo code LIFESPRING, and you'll get 30 days free. So that's an awesome thing. You can check that out at integrity.lifespringmedia.com or ads.lifespringmedia.com. You can see all the sponsors uh, of the show, and there are several now, and I am so thankful for that. So what have I been up to? Number one, I've been uh, translating the Bible for the LifeSpring Audio Bible. I am still in Genesis. It is taking a very long time because instead of just kind of skimming and, uh, you know, changing the these and thous, I'm actually changing some of the language to more modern language. And so I'm actually doing a, a brand new whole translation, and it will be the LifeSpring translation of the Bible. But uh, so before I can record it, obviously, I have to do the translation. So I'm doing that. I have recorded some of it. And I will be putting it at bible.lifespringmedia.com, so you can check that out. Uh, the Lifespring Audio Bible is a Bible, audio Bible, that we're going to be selling. And uh, all the details will be very soon at bible.lifespringmedia.com. Now, the reason I say very soon is because I have been in the process of moving all my domains, all my websites to a brand new web host and it was not GoDaddy. they went away years ago but i was at another place and they just ended up not being very reliable and they were very expensive compared to what you can get out there today especially compared to this brand new web host that i have that i'm going to tell you about in just a second but i had in the neighborhood of 55 domains and subdomains which were mostly wordpress installs at the previous web host, and they all had to be moved. And so that took an extremely long time. Now, I learned a lot in the process, and I learned that it didn't have to take nearly as long as it took, but I had to get some education to move them over. I would try some things, and then it didn't work out. And so I've, I've really streamlined the process. And I'm, if you're interested in moving, uh, migrating a WordPress install from one web host to another, uh, in the next few days, I'm going to put up on uh, my website at, at uh, steveweb.net the instructions on how to efficiently move WordPress. So I did that. Uh, let's see. That, that took a long time. Uh, golly, I was tearing my hair out. I did a, a website for a local church. Um, it's actually the church that my oldest boy goes to. He's, he knows that we've been struggling because of the family business not doing well since it's car, you know, auto-related and it's uh, just not been doing well. And I'm not going to belabor that. If you've been listening, you're tired of hearing it, I'm quite sure. And if you're new to the show, then uh, just know that we have a family business and it's not doing well because of the economy. But anyway, so Matthew, my oldest boy, said, hey, Steve, you, or Steve, he said, hey, Dad, you, uh, you do websites, right? And I says, yeah. And he says, well, my church needs one. And so I called up the guy, and we built a website for him, and that took two or three days to do that. 
And then uh, another thing that I've that I did uh, in the last couple of weeks, and that was really fun, is a listener from Australia wrote, and he said, "Steve, I've got a store down here, and I would love for you to do some commercials." And so um, here's what I did. Here's one of the three that I did. Try to imagine a shoe so unique that it promotes better breathing, straighter posture, strong core muscles, tighter thighs, and better leg and calf toning. Sound too good to be true? Then you've never heard of Earth Footwear with its revolutionary calcio-negative heel technology. Earth Footwear is different, like you. Available from Jack Shoes in a range of fashion designs and colors, they help you burn more calories with every step. Jex Shoes, online now at jekzshoes.com.au. Check that out, J-E-K-Z. They, down there in Australia, they say Z instead of Z. Yeah, so he wanted to, to have somebody with, <laughs> with a Southern California accent down under. Yeah, so he says, that is a Southern California accent you have, right? I said, I guess so. So uh, anyway, yeah, there are three different commercials running for Jex Shoes down under. And uh, so that that was fun. He paid me a little bit for that. And, uh, you know, that was great. It helps to put food on the table. And so I told you about the new web host. You know, I have been so impressed with these guys that I have arranged a special deal for all of my listeners who are looking for a place to have their websites or if they just need a new web host, if they want to move. Uh, if you're not getting good service where you're at or if you're looking for someplace uh, that's a little bit less expensive, check out LunarPages.com. Now, listen, I would not be pitching these guys to you if I was not 100% pleased with these guys, and I really am. Listen, you get such a fantastic deal with these guys. You get unlimited storage, unlimited bandwidth, an unlimited number of domains or subdomains, and a whole bunch more. I mean, they have got such a full package of stuff. And oh, it's amazing. For 24 months, you get it for $4.95 a month. And if you use my promo code LIFESPRING when you sign up, you get an extra two months absolutely free. So if you amortize the total amount over the 26 months, it's only $4.57 a month for all of that. It, it truly is a fantastic deal. It's the best deal I've ever seen. So if you're looking for a new web host, check out LunarPages.com. And when you sign up, be sure you use the promo code LIFESPRING and you'll get that extra two months absolutely free. So it's, it's really an awesome deal. Every time I called for customer support as I was moving all these files across, they were right Johnny on the spot there with really good advice. So it's really good. These guys are based out of Southern California here. I, I can't say enough about them. So LunarPages.com. Use the promo code LIFESPRING. And now let's get to talking about knowing God. My youngest son is in high school, and one of his teachers started a Bible study, and it's based on the book by J.I. Packer called Knowing God. And he invited me as one of the dads to be a part of the Bible study, and I am a part of the Bible study. And I learned some things that I thought I would share with you from this book, and it's really, really some awesome, awesome stuff. If you have not read the book, Knowing God, I would highly recommend it. It's really thought-provoking, and it's deep, and it really makes you think. And so I thought I would share some of it with you today. Do you know that there's a difference between having a knowledge of God and knowing God? What's the difference? 
Well, you know that you can know about somebody and not really know him. Some of you have been listening to the show for a real long time, and you know a lot about me. And to a certain extent, you know me because you've heard my heart several times. I've shared a lot of things with you, but you don't really know me. You don't know me like, let's say, my family knows me. You don't know me like my wife and my kids know me and the rest of my family, right? I mean, you know about me and you sort of know me. You hear my voice and you say, oh, there's Steve, etc. okay? But you don't really know me. You haven't lived with me. We don't, we don't have the kind of relationship that we sit down across the table and share everything about our, ourselves, even though I've shared a lot about me with you. You know me better than, let's say, my neighbor across the street or my next-door neighbor. But there's a difference, right? And when it comes to knowing God, I, I can know how to be godly and yet not know him. I can know the things to say and the clothes to wear and the way to act and the places to go, the places to avoid, and never know God, right? There is a difference between the way the Greek and the Hebrew people thought about knowledge, their concepts of knowledge. Greeks didn't feel an obligation to, or they didn't feel an obligation for what they knew. Hebrews did. To know for a Hebrew meant a responsibility. You took on a responsibility if you knew. Knowledge, just for the sake of knowledge, and um, much of the basis, as a matter of fact, for in our current thinking in science and technology is Greek. Uh, you know, it's just, I want to know more so that I can know more. You understand the difference? Let me ex- explain. With statements like, let it take its own course, or it's not my concern, I'm merely an observer— that's the Greek way to, to see things, and it avoids responsibility, right? The, the epitome of this is the news team that goes into a devastated area and reports on the devastation, but doesn't do anything about it, like the, uh, the big flood down in New Orleans. Okay, We saw lots of reportage on it, but most of the reporters, I don't think, actually did anything. Or think of it this way. You read in the paper that there was a, a fire that, that burned a house down in your city. And you say, oh, golly, that's a shame. But you don't necessarily feel a responsibility to do anything about it. But if you read that that fire took place on your street, then maybe you might feel a little bit more responsibility. And if you read in the paper that that fire took place in a house up the street and that family was a member of your church you feel an even greater responsibility. At that point, you feel compelled, I would think, to do something to help that family. So that's the Hebrew way of looking at it. For a Hebrew to know something meant that they had the moral and ethical demand to act on that knowledge. And this is the basic premise underlying God's revelation of himself in Scripture and how we have to use that revelation as we study to show ourselves approved. And so it's not enough just to read about God, but once you read about God and begin to understand who God is and begin to get to know him, you become, you should become compelled to do something with that knowledge. Have you been Greek or have you been Hebrew in your approach to knowledge in the past? What can you do to, be, to become more Hebrew in your thinking? In Psalm 119, it says, 
And the psalmist says, Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. So in that, can we see the the psalmist's motivation for knowing God's law? Was it knowledge for knowledge's sake? He said, Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. And then he said, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So he was saying how much he loves God. He praised God for who he was. And he said, Teach me your decrees. In other words, I want to know you more. And he said, Show me even more of the wonderful things. And I love to learn more about you. But knowledge for this psalmist was not, I don't don't think somebody who is just looking for knowledge for knowledge's sake is going to be saying sweeter than honey to my mouth is your law or your words. And the reason I say that is because after he said all of that, he said, I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. He wants to understand so that he can be more aligned to what God wants. That's knowledge with the uh, compunction to do something about it. At the beginning of this Psalm 119, it says, Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. Notice it said, seek him with all their heart, not just seek more knowledge of him, but to seek him. You know, if you wanted to get to know me, you could Google me and find out different things about me, I suppose, on the internet. Um, You'd find a whole lot of other Steve Webbs as well. A lot of Steve Webbs are politicians. Isn't that strange? But you could read all about me as much as you could find. And then you you would know about me. But if you wanted to know me, you would seek me. You would try to find me and say, hey, Steve, can we hang out for a while? So the psalmist wanted to know and enjoy God, and he valued knowledge about God simply as a means to this end. Okay, He wanted to know God, and the reason he wanted to find out about God was to get to know God. He wanted to understand God's truth in order that his heart might respond to it and his life be conformed to it. So how do we turn knowledge about God into knowledge of God? Well, looking back on what we read earlier, one way is through meditation. Now, I don't mean the kind of meditation that the transcendental meditation movement uh, popularized back in the 60s and 70s. What I'm talking about is a holy godly meditation. Now, it takes discipline, but it's something that is so valuable. In Psalms 5.1, it says, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Meditation is the activity of calling to mind and thinking over and dwelling on and applying to oneself the various things that one knows about the works and ways and purposes and promises of God. It's an activity of holy thought, 
consciously performed in the presence of God, under the eye of God, by the help of God, as a means of communion with God. Let's go through that again. Meditation is the activity of calling to mind and thinking over and dwelling on and applying to oneself what you have learned about the things of God. Okay, so we read a passage and we, let's say we read that God never changes. Okay, that's <laughs> changes something that has been in the news for several months now, right, since before the election. But changes something about th- that is different with God. Uh, Barack Obama talked about we need change. Okay, but let's see what the Bible has to say about change. God says in Malachi 3, 6, I, the Lord, do not change. And in James 1, 7, I'm sorry, 117, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So we've learned here that God does not change. Okay? So we can think about that. We can meditate on that. What does that mean to us? How do we apply it? How does it make you feel in light of what's happening in the world around us to know that God does not change? In my case, that to me is very reassuring and comforting to know that God doesn't change. You know, the world is in a tremendous amount of turmoil right now. What with the economy the way it is and some other things that I'm going to be talking about later on in the show, the the change is really, the world is in a state of flux, so tremendous change, as somebody might say, a sea change. But to know that God is still on the throne and that God is still in control and that God does not change. Oh, man, that means a lot to me. And, and you know, you, to meditate on that is to think about all the different things and the different ramifications that that has for us. We can think about why do you suppose that God wanted to reveal that fact about himself to us? And you can spend a great deal of time in meditation about the things that you can learn from studying the Word of God. And so meditation is not just reading the Word of God, but it's reading a passage and then thinking about it, mulling it over in your mind, turning it over and thinking about all the different ways that it can affect you. And so that's meditation. And then um, it is an activity of holy thought, consciously performed, now this is important, in the presence of God. So it's not you just sit down and you open the Bible and you read it and you think about it, but it's doing it in the presence of God. Pray before you sit down to consider the Word. And invite God's Holy Spirit to be with you and to teach you and to guide you, performed in the presence of God, under the eye of God, by the help of God, as a means of communion with God. Allow him to reveal himself to you in your time of meditation. This is not a time where you empty yourself like the, uh, you know, the new age type of meditation. This is a time where you allow God to fill you up. This is a time where God says, come and let us reason together. He wants to have a conversation with you. And when you do this in such a way that you are considering his word, God will speak to your spirit. And you can have this time of communion with God. And this is, this is not a you know, ooky, spooky type thing. This is something that God encourages us to do. And that's why we study the Bible and why we get to know more about him. And then as we get to know more about him, we can have communion with him. So what is the evidence that we know God? Those who know God do something with that knowledge. 
In Daniel 11, 31 and 32, it says, they will abolish the daily sacrifice and set up the abomination of desolation. Now, this is obviously a prophecy of the end times, but we can apply this to today, right now, which we can talk about that sometime, I suppose, about whether or not we're in the end times. That's not today's study. Uh, But he continues, he says, with flattery, he will corrupt those who act wickedly toward the covenant, but the people who know their God will be strong and take action. That section starts off with the fact that they're talking about people who will abolish the daily sacrifice and set up the abomination of desolation. And then it says, those who know God will be strong and take action. Christians, believers who know God, do something with that knowledge. Now, I cannot imagine not defending my lovely Lady Leanne, my wife, if someone were to attack her. I love her, and there is no way that I would stand by and let someone harm her, either physically or emotionally or any other way, or defame her character. I am going to do something because I love her and I know her. It has become commonplace these days for people, when God is attacked, to say something like, God is a big God, God doesn't need little old me to defend him. I say that if I truly know and love him, I cannot help but stand up to defend him. And the time is coming and may be here now where we must do so or we're going to lose our rights to stand up and say anything about him. In the world in which we live, it has become accepted to attack God and to attack believers. We can no longer afford the luxury of not defending God or the things of God or the people of God. We have to stand up and say no more. One of the reasons that it has become acceptable to attack God and the things of God is because we believers have sat down on our hands and shut our mouth and not stood up to defend God, the things of God, and other believers. We have been too polite. Some even might say too milquetoast. Some even might use other words. Uh, We have not stood up to defend. And those days are over. We have to do something with our knowledge of God. We have to stand up. And as I said, we are in changing times. And it's time, brothers and sisters, those of you that are followers of Jesus, to stand up and do something with the knowledge. Daniel 9.3 says, So I turned my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and petitions with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Scripture is replete with references to the prayers of those who know him. If we are not praying, then we truly have to ask ourselves if we know about God or if we know God. Listen, believers, those who know God, pray. How's your prayer life? We are so stinking busy in this world today that we don't take time to pray. If we really believed, if we really knew God, we would pray. Again, I'll go back to my wife. If I didn't speak to her, how well would I know her? I cannot imagine ignoring my wife because I love her and I know her and she's a, I have a relationship with her. 
You say that you love and you know and you have a relationship with God, but if you don't speak to him, if you don't pray, do you really? I'm stepping on toes here, including my own, okay? I'm not, I'm not holding myself up higher than anybody that, that is hearing my voice right now. I have a very busy life, too, and there are times where, you know, I don't spend the time with him. Do I know God? Sometimes I have to wonder if I'm being 100% honest with myself. Sure, he's not here to get in my face and say, hey, <laughs> why don't you talk to me? Those who know God do something with that knowledge. Those who know God pray. Those who know God think on his awesomeness. Listen to this. This is from Daniel, chapter 4, verse 25. The Most High is the ruler over the kingdom of men. The Most High. That's, that's a, a way to think about the awesomeness of God. Is the ruler over the kingdom of men. Think about that. That's an awesome thought. Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 through 22, uh, portions of it say, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. Awesomeness of God. Chapter 22, he changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. The awesomeness of God. Uh, Verse 22 there, he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells in him. The awesomeness of God. Think about that. The writer of Daniel was thinking about how awesome God is. Daniel chapter 9, verse 4, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commandments. Lord, you are righteous. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving. The Lord our God is righteous in everything that he does. Are these the kind of thoughts that we have of God when we sit and meditate on who he is? Does the realization that our God is holy, perfect, full of grace and faithful make us humble and dependent, awed and obedient? as it did Daniel. If we get a hold of how awesome and powerful God is, it cannot help but make us think, oh man, I am not worthy to even be in his presence. He is so incredibly powerful and awesome. Those who know God think on his awesomeness. Another thing, those who know God have great contentment in God. My favorite book in the Bible is Romans. Romans 5, 1 says, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, even though God is that awesome, and we really have no right to be in his presence, because of what Jesus did for us, we have peace with him. (laughs) How wonderful is that? That gives us a contentment. He is powerful enough to, with his breath, obliterate us, but because of Jesus. He does it. He allows us. He invites us into his presence. Romans 8 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children, heirs of God. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Those he justified, he also glorified. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, 
neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. (laughs) It doesn't get any better than that. Those who know God have great contentment in God. That section should give us such peace knowing that if we are in Jesus Christ, if we are his followers, if we are believers, if we have accepted his gift of salvation, if we have accepted his gift of forgiveness, we are heirs with Jesus. We have the same inheritance as he does, a relationship with a holy, awesome God. Even though we're imperfect, God sees us as perfect because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of his resurrection. And because he called us, those who know God have great contentment in God. You know that whatever the world throws at you, if you know God, you will have contentment. If Christ be for us, who can be against us? Mm, How wonderful is that? In Daniel 3, this is about um, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king had said, you need to uh, bow down and worship me. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. And the king said, I'm reading now in Daniel chapter 3, if you do not worship the image, you will be thrown down immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. (laughs) They don't panic. It continues, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. They were courteous, <laughs> but they couldn't be answered. That There is no answer to what they just said. They knew their God. And then they continued, they said, but even if he does not rescue us, if no deliverance comes, in other words, We want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. In other words, he said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. Live or die, we are content. Hmm. How deep is your contentment today? And how deeply do you know God? Again, I said, you know, that we are in tough times. The world is changing around us. The economy has uh, just tanked. How deep is your contentment? And how deeply do you know God? We must truly and honestly come before him and admit that we do not know him as deeply as he wants us to. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to take inventory on how much we seek him in prayer and meditation. We have to consider whether our knowledge about God has an effect on our behavior, our desire, and our thirst to be with God. We have to humbly ask God to lead us to himself and to show us how we can truly know him and have the relationship that he wants with us. Those who know God take action. Those who know God think on his awesomeness. Those who know God have great contentment in God. How are you doing in those areas? Much of that, again, was from the book by J.I. Packer, Knowing God. 
And we have another advertiser on the show. I am so excited to have these guys on the show. Listen to this. C2A stands for Colossians 2A, which is a verse in the Bible that talks about how we are not of this world and all about you. 2001, after much prayer, C2A was able to open up the first ever Christian clothing store in a mall of all places. We're a Christian store, but we're it's more about a relationship with God than it is about um, about buying Christian clothing. Now, from the very, very beginning, we were able to see how God ministered to people through prayer, through the sharing of His Word, through T-shirts. We saw people come to know Him. Not one, not two, not three, but tons of people. This guy came in about a couple weeks ago. He had just gotten out of prison when I met him. I asked him, hey, what can I help you find in the store? He told me, I need to get right with God. So we prayed the sinner's prayer together, handed him a Bible, and ever since then, he's been attending my church. So it's just truly amazing. I absolutely love sharing Christ with people. I know that it's the main purpose as to why the Lord has put us here, and I'm thankful every day for the opportunity He's given me here at C2H to, to just reach out to people and to love on people and to speak about my faith. Our mission is this, to share the life-changing gospel message of grace, of truth, of love, only found in Christ Jesus. And so that's C28.com. They are in uh, several malls here in the local area, but what is so very cool about them is they have an online store as well, c28.com. Now listen, they have got some really cool stuff. They've got t-shirts, they've got hoodies, all kinds of stuff. They, the, one of their, their uh, phrases is, wear your faith. Have you seen the uh, Not of This World clothes? Well, that's from C28. If you haven't seen them, check them out at sponsors.lifespringmedia.com. As it said in the commercial, it's more than just a business, it's a ministry. Okay, I'm going to start something new on the show. I'm going to do some news stories, and these are stories that uh, everybody should care about, and I'm not going to get overly political. I'm going to try not to, but, you know, some of the things that are happening in the world of politics here in the United States are things that we as believers, I think, really do need to be concerned about. In the last administration, the Bush administration, I really didn't talk much about politics, and I'm not going to talk a lot about politics now. George Bush, the things that he did... I didn't agree with 100% of the time, but I didn't have as many issues with him as I have with our current president. Let me just read this story to you, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, This is from LifeNews.com. In less than five minutes after Barack Obama took over as the next president, the White House website changed from pro-life to pro-abortion. The previous site, which touted the pro-life proclamation President Bush signed the week before he left office, now includes Obama's agenda for women, which calls for promoting abortion. Gone is any mention of the Sanctity of Human Life Day or the speeches or actions of President Bush's that promoted human life. According to a website search of whitehouse.gov, the only page on the official governmental site to mention abortion is a page detailing what Obama will do to promote the interests of women. Though abortions cause women a myriad of medical and mental health problems, Obama states his clear intent in a section entitled Reproductive Choice to make abortions even more available. Quote, President Obama understands that abortion is a divisive issue and respects those who disagree with him. However, he has been a consistent champion of reproductive choice and will make preserving women's rights under Roe v. Wade a priority in his administration, unquote, the Obama White House site says. 
And so we have a president that is pro-abortion. And I have to tell you that I am vehemently against abortion. I believe that God is the one that begins life. It is not a mere biological process of sperm and egg uniting to cause, accidentally, a life to occur. There's a huge debate that has been raging for decades on this issue. But let it be known that I am one that is foursquare against abortion. And we now have a president that on his agenda, on his website, whitehouse.gov, is strictly for abortion. And we now know that Obama has reinstituted the taxpayer-funded abortions even overseas. So our tax dollars are now going for abortions. Bush had discontinued the practice. Clinton before him had reinstituted the practice. And the Bush before him and Reagan before him had shut the practice down. And now we're back to taxpayer-funded abortions overseas. I'm against it. And we live in a time that our president is taking us further away from the things of God. And I know that he has uh, proclaimed to be a believer. I, you know, that's between he and God. But he is against the things that I believe are biblical. And once in a while, I'm going to talk about it. And uh, if that, you know, endangers the the process of getting uh, the uh, tax exempt status for Lifespring Media Inc., then so be it. If you are, you know, waiting for that to happen, then I suppose you're going to be disappointed. And I'm sorry about that, but I can't not speak. You know me well enough if you've been listening long enough that when something comes up that I disagree with, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> Next up, this is a happy thing. For decades, he was a fixture on the Billy Graham Crusade stage and on televisions in living rooms around the country. Now, George Beverly Shea, the award-winning baritone who is often described as American's beloved gospel singer, has reached a new milestone in his storied life, the century mark. He is 100 years old, and this, by the way, is from Christian Newswire. Shea will celebrate his, or Shea did celebrate his 100th birthday last Sunday, February 1st, one day later, he was the guest of honor during a special private gathering of family and friends at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove in Asheville, North Carolina. And so I just want to say happy birthday to George Beverly Shea. We interviewed Bev, um, well, let's see, I think it was Lifespring number, I think, 89. What I'll do is I'll put a, a link on the show notes page where if you'd like to listen to that, you can do that. Just go to the show notes page at Lifespring Media and click on the Lifespring original show and you'll be able to find that link. But uh, one of the neat things is uh, he holds the world record for singing to the most people in person. <laughs> Having had a career in network radio beginning in the 1920s and reaching hundreds of millions through Billy Graham's worldwide crusades. He was such a delight to talk to when I interviewed him. What a neat thing. Happy birthday, George Beverly Shea. And remember, I opened the show with From the Emerald City. <laughs> What's that about? Uh, this is in the news. I searched for Riverside, California this morning, and I found this news piece. It says, forget Oz, there is no place like Riverside. The California Department of Conservation recently announced that Riverside will be the first city in the state to be designated an Emerald City in its Emerald Cities pilot project. 
This recognition is for sustainable green initiatives and commitment to help the state achieve multiple state environmental priorities. <laughs> so here we are. California is absolutely bankrupt. The state controller has said that they can't pay tax refunds and uh, other things that people are getting IOUs, but the state can uh, go around and declare Riverside and Emerald City. I don't know. I suppose it didn't cost very much to do that, but I thought that was funny. Yeah, we've got a nice city here, I suppose. So um, from now on, when you ask where I live, oh, well, I live in the Emerald City. And now, as you know, we have spent uh, the last several shows talking about 10 guidelines from God. Number 10 was love yourself. Number 9 was be kind. Number 8 was be patient. And now today, we're going to talk about number 7, which is share. And this is 10 guidelines from God. Share. You were taught to share when you were only 2 years old. When did you forget? That rule still applies. Share with those who are less fortunate than you are. Share your joy with those who need encouragement. Share your laughter with those who have not heard any in such a long time. Share your tears with those who have forgotten how to cry. Share your faith with those who have none. Share. And as I was surfing around the internet these last few days, I came upon this list called the Ten Cannots. And as I said earlier, that Abraham Lincoln was attributed to saying these things, but they were not written by him. They were written in 1916 by the Reverend William J.H. Betker, a Presbyterian clergyman and pamphleteer. He wrote, number one, you cannot bring about prosperity by discouraging thrift. You cannot strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. Number three, you cannot help the poor man by destroying the rich. Number four, you cannot further the brotherhood of man by inciting class hatred. Number five, you cannot build character and courage by taking away man's initiative and independence. Number six, you cannot help small men by tearing down big men. Number seven, you cannot lift the wage earner by pulling down the wage payer. Number eight, you cannot keep out of trouble by spending more than your income. Number nine, you cannot establish security on borrowed money. Number ten, you cannot help men permanently by doing for them what they will not do for themselves. And that's the ten cannots. And I suppose that uh, there's a lot there that relates a lot to the political climate today. Looking at the spending bill, the, what do they call it, the stimulus package, borrowing money. How in the world can we borrow money to create wealth? I don't know how that happens. In your own home, if you don't have enough money to pay the bills, do you say, hey, you know what? We need more money. Let's go buy something. Does that work? I think not. And now let me read this email to you. This is the last thing for today. And I, when I got this email last week, it just brought tears to my eyes. This was in relation to the LifeSpring Family Bible. And if you have not listened to that, what that is, that's a reading through the Bible in a year. 
I spent uh, an entire year reading the Bible. I read from a couple of different, well, three or four different translations, and I settled on the Net Bible. I, I read the Bible through in a year, and it's something that you can jump in anytime because we repeat it. We spend a little bit of time in the Old Testament, then we go back to the New and back and forth. But I, I got this email, and it said, Dear Steve, my husband Rodney is the director of our church youth group, Pathfinders. Pathfinders are similar to Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. It's co-ed for children between the ages of 10 to 16 with teen leadership training for those 14 to 18. Recently, he made a deal with his club. If they would memorize seven Bible verses, he would give them an iPod shuffle. But they couldn't put anything on the shuffle until they had listened to the entire Bible. After the first Pathfinder earned the iPod, we downloaded a year's worth of your readings and put about 60 readings on the shuffles. After they listen to that set, we load the next. This enables us to ensure that they are keeping their end of the bargain. At this point, six iPods have been earned and six members of our club have been listening to your readings from LifeSpring. Isn't that cool? It continues. Living in the Chicago area, we have occasional school closings from frigid weather and snow. We had two such days a couple of weeks ago, and, and one of our Pathfinders had recently listened to all the Bible readings that had been loaded to her, her iPod, so she listened to them all again. Praise God. We took the group on a winter camping trip last weekend. As Rodney and I were on our way to breakfast, he was so excited to tell me about what he had discovered when he woke up and went out to the fire. Three of our older boys were there and had the fire going, which is not unusual. What was so exciting and heartwarming was that they had an iPod hooked up to speakers and they were listening to you read the Bible. No adult prompting or coercion, just a growing love of God's Word. In fact, one of the boys hadn't even earned an iPod yet, but he was still eager to hear the Word. Isn't that cool? When our grown daughter heard about the deal that Rodney made with the Pathfinders, she asked if he would make the same deal with her, uh, with her 16-year-old daughter, and asked if he would also make the similar deal with her. Their family has been having spiritual challenges, and of course, he said yes. Our daughter wanted to, t uh, to make the deal for an iPod Touch, so she had to learn 30 verses. She did, and now she too is listening to you read the Bible, and her daughter is still working on learning her verses. We have also made the same deal with my sister and her seven-year-old daughter as we did with my daughter and our granddaughter. They are excitedly learning their verses. Without going into detail, my daughter and sister can both benefit greatly from hearing the Word of God, so that's a small price to pay for their salvation. It is our fervent prayer that this will get all of those in our club and family headed in the right direction, headed toward the kingdom of God. I just want to thank you for helping us touch the hearts and minds of our children and family. When we get to heaven, know that they are there partly because of the amazing and generous commitment that you've made to God's work. You are in my prayers and you will forever be in my heart as you have brought the word of God to the hearts of those we love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and give you his shalom. And that's signed Stephanie. Wasn't that an amazing letter? I got to tell you that if only this family <laughs> was blessed by the work that we did with the LifeSpring Family Bible, that would be enough. But I've gotten other letters, and this is the latest in, in, a, in a line of them, but i got to say that this one touched me so much. And if you haven't spent any time listening to that show, the LifeSpring Family Bible, I encourage you to do that. And Stephanie, thank you so very much for writing that to me. 
And now, dear listener, thank you for listening to the show today. We've gone pretty long. It's This is going to end up being about an hour long after I get it all edited. So I thank you for spending the time with me, for being a part of the Lifespring family. Please don't forget our advertisers, CovenantEyes.com, and uh, who else did I talk about on the show? C28. Support those advertisers. As you do that, it helps to support the show. If you care to make contributions to the show, you can go to support.lifespringmedia.com. Till next time, may God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb. Lifespring Media, bringing you quality Christian and family entertainment since 2004. Brought to you in part by InTouchProductions.com. <laughs>